Welcome back to Soldier Dog by Sam Angus. Chapter 4, 4 September 1917, Lancashire. The little pup followed to heel, but that was only because of the brace of rabbit hanging from Stanley's left hand. Stanley reached the Park Drive gatehouse and hesitated. He preferred the farm drive, but Dad might be there at the lake again, and Stanley had something he was looking forward to giving him. From his coat pocket, Stanley took a reed whistle. This is to train you, he said to the pup, and to bring you to heel, and to make you sit. He blew. This is for when you are ready to be trained. Up on the moor, Stanley had cut two, one for himself and one for Da. He made them the way Da had taught them both him and Tom. Da might help to train Soldier, the way he'd once trained Rocket. They reached the lake. Da was there, hunched beneath the rigid spruce Rocket a few feet away. How long had Da been there? Why? Da, look, I've made you a whistle to train Soldier. Da didn't turn at his son's voice. Stanley raised an uncertain hand to his lips to blow. The notes bubbled a clear and bright and haunting fountain. Soldier's ears pricked. Stanley blew again. Soldier cocked his head, then capered away to rocket at the edge of the lake. It was a good whistle, Stanley was thinking. He'd cut it well. He stepped forward, smiling, holding out the whistle, then froze in Da's sudden arctic glare. I'll drown it. Mark me, I'll drown it. Stanley's heart thumped a tattoo. Da was stooping, fingering a stone. Stanley leaped toward Soldier. Da hurled the stone. It landed inches from Soldier in the shallows of the lake. Confounded with rage and disbelief, Stanley whirled around to his da. Throw a stone at a puppy? His own father? Then he could do it. Would do it. Would drown Soldier. Da stomped away. Stanley turned back to Soldier and saw him, innocent and small and light, against the deep black water. In a vortex of horror and nausea, Stanley imagined a slender bubble rise on the surface of the lake, and another, and another, and a weighted sack dropping through dark water. The twilight deepened. Still holding the rabbits, Stanley made his way to the game larder. When he'd skinned them, he turned to wash his bloodied hands. To the left of the sink, on the tiled wall above, hung a small mirror. Stanley was surprised by his reflection. Did he really look so young? He leaned into the murky glass. A minute passed as he studied himself. His hair was too long and it flapped over his forehead. He straightened up. He was 14, but he was tall. Taller, almost than Tom. If he lifted his chin, squared his shoulders, could he look 15? 16? 
17? What was the difference between a 14 and a 17-year-old face? Stanley rubbed his chin. A beard would help. If he looked older, he could enlist. Also reflected in the glass were Tom's cap and coat hanging on a nail. On an impulse, Stanley turned, crossed the room, unhooked them. He put on the cap and turned to the glass, pushing his hair off his face. Looking at himself from all sides, he tried the coat. The length of the sleeves was good, but it was broad across the chest. Stanley buttoned it and rubbed the dust from the glass with his cuff. That was better. It wasn't easy, he thought, to tell what sort of age he was now. Anyway, all sorts of men had signed up. Shepard, the old history teacher, had been too short in 1914, but then he'd been tall enough by 1916. Lara Bird's father was almost an old man, but they'd taken him too. Recruitment officers were given a sixpence for every man they signed up. That's why they signed them up. Because of the sixpence, probably. Stanley stood to attention, clicked his heels, and saluted, fingers to the edge of Tom's cap. Seventeen, sir. Soldier leaped to his side and Stanley looked at him, distraught, realizing you couldn't join the army with a puppy. He couldn't join Tom. No, he couldn't do that. But he and Soldier must leave at first light and take their chances together.